0: Hey guys, it's Fidel here. Um, I want to get this space to think everybody who has been donating to our cause. The donations help a lot to keep the podcast alive and do brand new projects. Shout out to people that have donated so far: Susie, Aaron, and Catherine. Thank you so much for the donations. If you want to donate, you can go to Black in the slash Donate and definitely donate via PayPal. You can go to our Facebook page. The donation link is there, but go to Black in the Com/slash/donate, and that helps the show a lot. So let's start the show.
1: Four, three, two, one.
0: What's up, and welcome to another episode of Black in the Maritime. I'm Fidel, and I'm here with entrepreneur, uh sometimes recording artist, as he said backstage, <laughs> uh, Stephen Williams. How you doing, man? great yourself very very good so stefan is a business owner he owns a print shop in halifax and he is the first black owner of a skating rink uh it's the first
2: i'm not the owner of the skating rink i just have printed some shirts for the
0: skating rink okay so yeah that's to clarify so we're going to talk about that a little bit later on so to see what the idea and everything comes from for but before we do that let's go back a little bit how did you grow up where did you grow up? Well.
2: I grew up all over the place in Nova Scotia, pretty much. Um, I'm from Upper Hammers Plains. That's where my family's from. Um, when I was younger, we moved to Dartmouth. But we lived in Halifax. I lived in East Preston. I lived in Spryfield. I lived hmm. all over the place. So, yeah, mainly Dartmouth, though.
0: Oh, well, And how come was all that moving? Like, what, what was the cost of all the moving? It was just... Um, my young my
2: mom had um uh, there was four of us she had all boys so we just moved around as a, as a young kid when i was yeah just everywhere so,
0: yeah just moved over. Oh, wow around. Yeah. one of the things i hate in my life is moving that's one of the things i i absolutely hate now as a grown-up just because i had to go but when you're a kid you don't notice it so So you moved around different places in Nova Scotia. Was it uh, Hammond's Plain is still in in the Halifax area or is it a little bit far away from Halifax?
2: It's um, it's outside of Halifax. So it's um, it's just on the outskirts. So it's probably like around driving wise, probably about a half hour drive away from Halifax.
0: Wow. So it's uh, it's, uh, like in the Truro, Truro, those places around? No, it's uh,
2: it's so be. You get closer to it from Bedford. So if you're in Bedford, it would be like 15 minute drive from Bedford. Right. Okay. So yeah, they had, um, so what it was, was the um, the refugees that fought in the war 1812. So they were freed refugees well freed black people. So when they helped in the war, they ended up being placed up in Hammers Plains, well, upper Hammers Plains, And, um, like, Lucasville and Beatsville, which is on that side. On the other, so that, so on that side of the bridge, that would be, like, on Halifax side. You go down to Bedford Basin, then you go up. So they put us on the outskirts, right? And uh, that's the same thing they did with, like, um, East Preston and North Preston and Cherry Brook. They're on the outside, on the outskirts of the city, right? On the the Dartmouth side, Mm -hmm. right?
0: Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I, I did read about that, uh, that, well, and it's unfortunate that they got uh, yeah, at that point, it was like the low end of the sticks. This was like outside the city, no water, no things. And eventually it evolved, but, but uh, it's, it's kind of interesting. Like, and you seem that, you know, your, your history that uh, Halifax is, or Nova Scotia is a very, has a lot of rich black history. It, it has a lot of rich black history more uh, than, some places in Canada, even, you know, you can say Ontario, of course, because it's the biggest place. But when you, when you talk about black Canadian history, Nova Scotia is like, uh, one of the main places. So, uh, it's kind of, it's kind of interested that it doesn't get as noticed as other, at other places, but it's kind of cool that, that you were able to give me that acknowledgement of, of how was that? How, how did that came by?
2: Yeah, there was a, but there's a lots of different settlements from back then. Right. Like, like, just starting off in, like, 17, it was, like, yeah, like, 1783, back around then. But even before then, Black people were already here, right? There just wasn't that many actual communities. But we've been here, like, a long time. Like, there was uh, even, like, Matthew da Costa, who was, like, the first Black person. And this was, like, back in, like, 1603 when he was here, right? But he came yeah. as, uh, he helped I think it was with the. Uh, I've been with the French as a translator.
0: Well, he was from Portugal, but yeah, he was a he was a translator, so he knew yeah. Portuguese, French, and Spanish. Yeah, he knew lots of different languages. Yeah, yeah. So he did. He definitely got that. So, so you lived in Hammonds Plains to what age, and then when do you move to to Dartmouth? Oh, probably when
2: I was like real young, probably like around three. But then we lived in we moved to Montreal and then we moved back and moved to Dartmouth and yeah we just lived all over the place man so
0: you lived all over so you lived all over the place so where did where did you actually settle like settle like in school and things like that well in the most part Dartmouth the north end of Dartmouth okay so it's is Dartmouth like because again you you went to Hammond Plains you were very, very little, right? So you, when, when right, you're a right. kid, you don't remember. You don't remember a whole lot, a bunch of stuff, but once you're in Dharma, you you settle in school. And and how was that like? How was school, or how
2: was experience in school?
0: Like, well, childhood experience in general. Like, how was the childhood school friends things like that?
2: Well, we like I said, we moved around a lot, right? So this just mainly me and my brother. We always stuck close to each other, right? But he was like two years younger, older than me, But right? Then there was a gap between my older brothers who are like eight, like seven, eight years older than me, right? So it was like that gap in between us, right? So um, it was, it was rough, man. I grew up in, I grew up in pretty much the hood, right? So crime and surrounded by drugs and prostitutes and high crime mm-hmm. yeah Dartmouth, north and of Dymouth was uh it was pretty brutal back in the day right it was a lot of especially like the early 90s and late 90s and yeah it's
0: it's just it's rough right oh, wow and that that's that certainly gets you to the you know when people think about the east coast they think of they think poverty like because we're a poor province like if you go to pei or new brunswick or even nova scotia but black poverty i, I don't know i tell people that it's different it, it, it it's different
2: yeah but it's not i can't really say like it's an east coast poverty type thing it's more like um it's all about neighborhoods too right so like but you can't even say it's just neighborhoods because it's like low income pretty much because you can still be like the damage that I experienced and someone who lived like right across the street, we had two different types of experiences. You know what I mean? Like whatever was going on in their house was not the same that was going on in my house type thing, right? So it's not, not everyone saw the same things even though they were in the same neighborhood right yeah
0: yeah Yeah. i i I definitely agree to that because when i was a little kid my i was with a single mother in dominican republic and my mom was going to school and she was really poor but we didn't experience that because she she kind of sheltered us right right? right. and then once i was a grown up i was like oh wow i i lived here like this this was it and but i didn't notice because she kind of sheltered so i i 100 agree with what you're saying that uh that even if in the same neighborhood or the block away, the, the experience was was different. So as a kid, what was the like the craziest thing you saw because you've been surrounded by like, poverty and crime and stuff? Like when did you start noticing that? Like when the, when, when this is the first time as a child that you noticed that, oh wow, this is this is what it is?
2: Um 10. Oh wow, 10. Nine, 10, like really. Yeah, 9, 10, 11, around that age, you start, like, understanding, because, you know, once you go outside, you're, you're exposed to everything, right? No one, like, no one's trying to sugarcoat anything for anybody, right? So, it's like, yeah, you learn, you learn quick as a, yep. especially in those type of situations, and even, like, back then, people weren't as sheltered as they are now, right? So.
0: Yep, you're right because we didn't, we, there wasn't any phones or social media or video games and stuff like that. Like it was okay. like you were out playing in the street at the park. Exactly, yeah. you can you can come across
2: anything and see anything, right? So,
0: yeah. So you go like at ten, you realize that you know that this is the th- this is low income poverty uh, crime in Halifax. So when what did you do to? kind of keep your mind off of that or did you just like have friends and you like I said when you were young you did the, the, the dumb stuff or did you just shelter away and, and went to another roof?
2: you do the dumb stuff with everyone else that's around you you know what I mean but but you still I always been like conscious of what's going on right so even trying to be like not dive in to all what's going around you but you have no choice because it's what everyone else is doing right so you just gotta have be strong-willed you know
0: yeah you blend in you 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 have to do what what everybody else is doing right that's you know i think what one of the reasons that people don't understand and especially you know people that see it from the outside they're like why do people do crime why do people do these things and it's like if that's your environment if that's what you see and what you learn yeah, that's what you're going to do
2: <laughs> like yeah if you, if you don't see anything else or see anything different then and that's what everyone else is doing you just do it because you it's it's normalized right so unless you and, and until you zoom out and look in and see what's really going on then you can be more of aware of how you're going to maneuver right
0: Yep. yeah it's just a it's a I think for people it's sometimes hard to understand that for some inner city kids, crime, poverty, and things it's just another day. It's right. just, that's it. It's, it's, it's a Tuesday. Uh, but when we see it on the news that somebody got killed, somebody got stabbed, somebody got robbed for people that are on the outside, it's shocking. It's like, Oh my God, how could this happen? But for you is Wednesday or Tuesday. That's it. It's a, it's a my normal way. day in the neighborhood.
2: But it uh. But even like when we were younger, it wasn't that much going on, like all the like right now it's 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 horrible like and sad, really. there's a lot of murders and killings and stabbings and it's there's there's a lot more recently than what we experienced when we were kids, right Wow. Um, there's a lot more guns around than what there was when we were younger um yeah but it's
0: it's a, it's a scary time to say the yeah least. I, I i can say i can see that I and mean, if you're saying that so what was the like if you give it a context what was the positive things that you saw as a kid growing up in the neighborhood and what was the you know you said like the guns the, the drugs and the crime and the poverty which well, what was the positive things that made you looked up in the, neighbor, in the neighborhood as well because there's always bad things, but there's always good things as well that you probably learn from those as well.
2: Well, yeah, there was always, you always had that one person around who would always be like, well, because me, myself, I I grew up around like the um, Master P era, you know, Jay-Z era, back around then where it was like, you want to be a gangster, right? But then you have those older folks who are in the hood who's like, Nah, just just go to school. Right so the OGs? Yeah, just the OGs, but yeah, the good OGs. But even like they weren't just OGs. They were like um they were but they were still in the shit too, right? But they were just more of a sudden, you know, this ain't the life that you want to be in, type thing, right? So just just go to school type thing. Um, and then just seeing other people like, you know, once you move out and go to different communities and see how people are, you can just, you realize that there is positiveness out there. There's positivity out there somewhere and you're able to see it, you're able to witness it, right? So you get to see black people who are actually thriving and doing good things. So that's what pretty much kept me on the positive side. I've seen that there is
0: good, right? So when was the first time that you saw that, like that you saw somebody like a a black OG telling you like, Hey, this is not the way it is. And you see like another way. Like, do you remember the first time you saw that?
2: I can't remember the first time that I, that I saw that, but I remember like a specific person who would be like, nah, just go to school. You know what I mean? Stay in school. And yeah, that was pretty much it to stay in school. But there was, but there was always like other people around who were positive. You know what I mean? Like even like the student support workers at school and things like that, right? You got to see like a glimpse of
0: of hope. Yeah. You it's know? always light. There's there's always light under the tunnel. So you you again, you you're 10, you realize things, you, you you get your friends, you do some dumb shit. Do you stay in school off and on or do you or do you finish it off or do you drop out and come back? No, no, I, I finished
2: the whole I went the whole way through. I graduated on time and everything, so, but that's, um. but I had that, that, that was already a conscious, I already knew that was going to happen, like, when I was in grade nine, I already knew that I was going to graduate, because like, I just had my mind made up, I remember me thinking to myself, well, if I come this far, there's no sense of quitting or dropping out now,
0: right, so. Yeah, yeah and especially, you, you probably saw friends that that probably, like I said, if you grew up and you probably saw friends that did that, that they just drop off or they just start getting money first and then they just went out and did a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah.
2: Or get, you know, addicted to drugs and, you know, become addicts and stuff like that too. Right. So
0: yeah. Yeah. So it's a, a, so how was high school for you? Like high school is a different experience than than when you're little because you're starting to grow up. Right. So how was that experience like?
2: Well, I was in Dartmouth for high school, and then halfway through, I went to uh, Charles P. Allen, which is up Hammers Plains. So I moved back with my grandmother when I was, I was like 17, 18. So, yeah. So I went to CP. So CP and Dartmouth High, they're like completely different atmospheres, right? It's like, I always say this is like going from West Philadelphia, Bel Air type thing, right? yeah it was it's it was completely different but you know it it was high school right it was it was fun but it was different once i went over there because all my friends were back at darmoth high right so
0: so which one was west philadelphia and which one was bel-air darmoth
1: high was west philadelphia oh really
2: yeah yeah and then you yeah, had then them. charles p allen was like one of the most higher highest academic schools in nova scotia right it's bedford bedford got like all the rich kids and stuff like
0: that up there. wow so so you went to west philadelphia to bel-air so so <laughs> so how was bel-air for a bit like when you the when you step in there you're like whoa like what what's happening here
2: it was different, man. It was just, there wasn't many black people. Right? It was, jeez, it's probably like, I say at the most, out of a thousand kids, 20 black kids,
1: maybe. Wow. In the whole school. Yeah. And there was, there wasn't even that many in my grade right
2: yeah it was it was different man
0: so so comparing to that like 20 black kids out of a thousand and how many black kids were in in Dartmouth like in in the other high school
2: oh we was probably like man at least a hundred or more out of the or maybe more than that but there's probably like around 800 and 800 people in the school probably about 150 close to 200 black kids
0: oh wow so that's a big difference that's a huge yeah. difference
2: yeah especially when you grew up with them too right like from elementary to junior high to high school right so
0: yeah and, and probably like the way it, it's kind of funny because it's like the way that you talk you know you know black some black people say like, you talk white, like that's a, that's a thing that happens that it's like, okay. And that doesn't mean that everybody's talking English. Everybody's talking English. It's just a pretty much slangs or mannerisms. So when you grow up with a certain demographic, there are certain things that you do that are normal. And then when you go to another demographic for for you is normal, but for them is like, what, what the hell is this? or like what's what's happening here so you probably had struggle with that like was that one of the struggles or was just something that you you adapted easily
2: um i think just because i had like a few of the people who i knew i still hung around with them but then i just ended up hanging with like some white guys though to be honest with you you know what i mean like because there wasn't that many there so i came across i i ended up having like making good friends and that's the thing that's when you come across like seeing how they're living and their parents had bu- businesses and stuff like that right then it's like it just gives you a different perspective on on life really because you get to see, you get to see something different that you weren't always able to see so it's it's like a it was like it was a blessing in a way you know what i mean because you get to see other how other people live and how you don't just don't have
0: to be so put put limitations on yourself, right? Yeah. Is that where you think you got your entrepreneurial side or was it something early on that you got?
2: Um no, I wouldn't say it was that that got me on my entrepreneurial. I was I was cutting grass and everything as a kid, like you know, getting to the money. However, you can get to the money. Um, But yeah, I don't think that was the the entrepreneurial. It was just, that was just being able to see different things from what I was used to seeing. It just, it just the norm. So like I said, you're able to zoom out and look in and see what's going on. And then you can notice that what's actually going on around in certain neighborhoods and stuff like that. Is not really the best way to live,
0: right? No, no that, that that's that's a fact. I mean, it's it's you know I always say, and not everybody can afford this, but I always say that even even if you can do traveling internally, just like I encourage people to travel, not necessarily overseas or stuff like that, but even if you can travel within your own. Cause you see different, different things. Like you get out of, you, you see how things are differently. So I definitely encourage people to, to do that. And, and because you said like, even if you was within your same, in the same province, you were able to see like a totally different side right. of, of the city or of, of the place. So you graduate high school, you, you finish it. So are you thinking I'm going to college or are you thinking I'm going to work and, and do my thing? What's, what's the thought process at that point?
2: Actually, I just um,
0: I just started working. Really, I took some course.
2: It was like uh, they paid me to take it, so it was uh, like a internship type program, and it was like just a customer service type course. But they paid me to take it, so I took it, and then I ended up working at uh, sales at Staples for years. Then I moved to another sales job, and then. I left that job and went back to school. And then I got, when I got to school, I went to school for business, business management at NSCC. And then I took on another job, um, which was um, outreach. So it was like a community educator. So I would go to communities and give like workshops and stuff like that on like healthy relationships and self-esteem and all that type of stuff. So and then, um, yeah. I started the business while I was doing that.
0: So the business started as a side hustle first. Like it's it was something that you were doing on the side.
2: Yeah. I ended up taking my bonus and bought my equipment. So I got a bonus and bought my first like vinyl cutter and heat press and stuff like that.
0: So how do you get into like, like t-shirt printing and stuff like that? Like what, what got you motivated to go on that?
2: Um, well, I think what happened was one time I, um, I was trying to get someone to do a uh, my cover work for me, my artwork for my uh, when my might have been like an EP or something or a mixtape I was putting out, and they didn't do it for me. So I had a, a cracked version of Photoshop, and I used to have messing around with like designs and things like that. Excuse me, and then I. Um, yeah, so I was just messing around. I learned how to uh use Photoshop. And I ended up uh when I was in school, my uh I remember one of my teachers saying, You can't, you're not an entrepreneur if you can't make money without money. And I was like Ow. So that that got me thinking like, let me see what I can do. So what I did I had this uh this design that I had for IMHP so I made the design for the shirt and then I um I put up on Facebook as a pre-sale so pre-orders so I took I put the shirt up and was like anyone want to buy the shirt I told the price and people started sending me email transfers so then I had enough money to buy the shirts plus make money from you know I was like that's pretty cool and then uh yeah, but I I always wanted to do it. I even had this. There was one guy who I was supposed to do it with, and then I guess he went ahead and did it himself, or was going to do it with somebody else. But it never did happen. So I just bought my own stuff and been doing it ever since.
0: Wow! Shout out to whoever gave you that. Was that a teacher or a mentor who 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 told you that that phrase? That was deep. Um, it was my
1: teacher.
2: It was my uh economics teacher I can't remember his name but yeah economics teacher he was like you can't make money you say you're not a real entrepreneur if you can't make money without money and I was like well let me see, yeah. if, it, if, let me see if this is true yeah so I just came out with the design the pre, pre-sales I didn't have no t-shirts I didn't have anything all I had was the design and I knew the guys who were printing the shirts at the print shop in Halifax, and I was like, "Well,
0: yeah, it's crazy." Oh, wow. And th- do you think, like, with without that teacher telling you that, what you think you would have started anyways? Yeah, you think so? Yeah. And because, what year was this? Um,
1: this was in two thousand. This would have been two thousand fourteen. Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and why do you say you would have started it anyways? Like you would have, you would have still done it anyways without.
2: Yeah, because I knew I was going to, um you know, because sitting around my friends, they always came up with like, always had these different ideas, and they went always had always had ideas, but no one really took action on these ideas that we came up with, right? So you always talk about all oh, we're going to do this and how we had this service, and we was going to do that and do this. So then. Um, When I was in class one day and uh, one of my other teachers asked me um, what I wanted to do. And I told her I wanted to have like my own promotions, like promotion probably like t-shirts, get your banners and all this other stuff, right? So then this is what I said in class. And then she ended up sending me to this this event, this conference and uh, you know, Cora, you know, Cora's Breakfast? So it was the event for Cora's breakfast, and she was the one speaking, right? So the teacher was like, "Oh, I'll send you there because I know you want to start your own business someday, whatever." Right? So, yeah, I always knew that it's something that I want to do. So even like by wow. was, even before that, there was these other guys who were um, around here making shirts, and I want to do something with them, but never never happened. But I always knew I want to
0: print shirts. So. wow so you do you do this business a side business and then it, it becomes a, a full thing like this it becomes a, a full-fledged business right. uh what do you think has been the the hardest part to to become what it what it is now like what do you think was the hardest thing to do
1: um
2: taking a chance the risk that's what it is it's really the the hardest thing is getting up every day and, and still doing it, right? Because sometimes you just want to slack off and, you know, but I think if, the main thing you got to do is be cons- consistent, right? So, but I think the hardest thing would be, like, going at it every day, you know? It, that's, that's, the, that's the hardest because you want to relax sometimes, right? But, um, yeah, that's that would be it, and then just uh, right now I do a lot of it by myself. So I think that's hard to start
0: delegating and getting other people in, helping out and stuff like that. Yeah, I, I feel you on that. I feel that you know, people sometimes look at from the outside when they see a business owner. Sometimes they look at, oh, you made it. And it's like no, 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 no. I'm, I'm, I'm human as well, just like you. Right, right. Like get, get tired of going to work. I get tired of going to work too. <laughs> like, like I sometimes I just want to be in bed and not do anything. And, and it's the consistency that counts because right. uh, once you have customers, they don't care if you're sick or they don't care if you, if you don't want to do it. They, they want their product, right? They want, they want the thing that you, you said you delivered to them. So, and out of all of that, I mean what do you think is the most rewarding aspect of it? Um, it's a, it's a confidence, it's a confidence
2: builder. I would say, um, just knowing that you, this is, this is what you created, right? This is, like you did this, you know what I mean? Like, I think that's the uh that's like a proud moment like even like with articles being written and you wanting me to come on here and things like that right it's like well I'm just printing shirts man <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> but it's like but like people look at it like you but I'm just put one one foot on the other foot you know what I mean I'm just just staying at it, just staying consistent, just not giving up on myself, right? Just knowing that there's a lot more to come, right? Just just keeping the faith, you know, the faith of a mustard seed, man, can move mountains. So if I can just stay at it and stay consistent and keep that confidence
1: at an all time high, there's a lot more that can happen right
0: yeah that, that's right and and i think like you know i i know it's it's something that you said you're just doing shirts but uh how i see it is it's like this uh there's not a whole lot of black people in the maritimes compared to the to the global scale to the to the biggest scheme of things and right. when you see somebody uh that is doing it, it it's encouragement for other people because you know i don't know if you know but you probably do because you've been in situations that the system is the canadian system is never made for black people it was never made for for black people to succeed it was never made for black people to to advance in fact they uh purposely put you in like in places that there was lower income, lower resources, lower right. they they didn't want to people be, be out of there. So when you look at somebody like yourself, or when I look at somebody like yourself, you look at okay these these are people that are that are trying to say wait wait a minute I'm not I'm not staying where you put me. Right, There's right, no right. way I'm doing that. Like I'm going as far as I can, and I'm going to prove that this is this is achievable even if the system or whatever circumstances were not made for me to do this exactly
2: and that and that's another th- that is another thing too because even like on, as, as a black person in well black person period or even in the maritimes as well um it's just uh like at a at a certain point you don't think that you're you're worthy right because of all the things that you've seen like i can like as a kid like, back, you know, thinking when I was, like, 12 and 13, like, I'll never own a business, I'll never be rich, or anything like that, because that was just my, my mindset, that's just, that's just how I was conditioned to think, because I never saw, like, especially being in the, the north end of Dartmouth, as a little black kid running around with a snot nose, and shit like that, like, you never, I would never think that, but after you get older, and you realize, you know, put limitations on yourself, and you can, you can do anything pretty much, right? If you see it, you can touch it, you can get it, type thing, right? So someone else has it, it doesn't. There's no way that I can't get it. You know what I mean? Like, there's like, there's nothing. There's no one better than anyone else. We all bleed. We all breathe. We all have opportunities. Um, It's just taking advantage of them and working on yourself, becoming valuable, making yourself valuable. Um, Yeah, you just got to reprogram your mind and get out of the the paradigm that you had or how how your brain was conditioned. You know, sometimes we're just, our brains are like, well, you know, we're not worthy, like I said before, but, you know, if you just work at it and, better yourself and make yourself valuable and stay consistent and know that you can do better and stop being a victim.
0: Yeah, I, I I agree a hundred percent. I mean, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of interesting that you, that you say that, like, I mean, cause doing this, I've been doing this podcast for around four, four and a half years, uh, almost five years and And I talked to many you know from black MPs to you know to black business owners to black artists it, all the all the concept that they're part of the you know they they have some way within Atlantic Canada and I see a one part of that that kind of it's interesting about me in of Nova Scotia just because of the, also their black history, but you see a lot of kids that have never got out of that system like they never. They never been out of North or East Preston, like they never been out of that that scenario, and therefore, uh, once they go to some other place, they they find it like, oh, this is not what life is. This is this is not there. There is another way, right, uh, to do different things. So, uh, and I don't know. And as I as I've been doing my research for the years, is as I see that you know a, a lot of it happened. In Nova Scotia, the difference is that a lot of it happened like they did to the indigenous. Like it, it was sort of it's same, but not the same uh, that they OK, uh, we took Africville. bill. We put you in the we put you in the worst thing ever. We put you in Africville. Well, we need to take this back. So we're taking it away and then we're going to put you in another place that is as as bad or what as Africa or we're trying to put you with the resources. But we don't. We're not going to give you certain access, and I think Nova Scotia has kind of acknowledged that, and they're they're kind of trying to fix it. Like they have been trying to fix it over time, but it, but it, it takes a while to to actually do it.
2: Yeah. Um, to be honest, like you you see things change and things like that, but and that's and that's a lot of politics too though, right? Um I don't follow politics that much. I like down here it's seen, it is it is really politics with a lot of this stuff, even like with businesses and things like that. But um I think like to be honest, it's like a it's like a self esteem type thing. Cause you'll you'll take it if you don't know better. If they keep treating you that way, you're going to keep taking it. But if you, that's because you don't, you don't think you're worthy of it, right? Of doing better or being better or fighting against the system if you can. Right? Um, But
1: it
2: is, it is racist around here though, you know? But you can't, you can't let that be the end all be all, right? You gotta, you gotta get through it, man. You really do.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's a part of. It, it. It is a part of. Uh, it's the mentality, like you said. It's you have to think about, like, okay, how can I do better? Well, like you're saying, like, you, it's not like racism's gonna go away, and it's not like it's. But you can't just be part of, like, okay, I'm stuck because of this. It's like, no, no, no. I'm gonna go through this, and and I'm gonna keep moving forward, whatever it happens. So yeah. that that's one part of it. So as a, as a black business owners, like there, there are some organizations in, in Nova Scotia, like the BVI and, and different things like that. Uh, have you, have you had any experience with those organizations or you, you haven't reached out?
2: No, I haven't reached out. Um, the only people who i reached out to was, um, futurepreneurs. They have them help me with, uh, funding, whatever, but never happened. Um, I never, I didn't reach out to the BBI. Um, I've been talking to uh, Alfred recently with the Tribe Network. Um, but yeah, that's it. I I haven't gotten any funding from anybody. Everything that I do is put it right back by into it. Put it, right back into it and the cash flow, man. I got to get the cash flow, right?
0: So it's, so it's been consistency and, 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 and just pretty much like grinding yourself, bootstrapping this since the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. That, that is amazing. So what the, uh, tell us a bit about the skating rink. Cause I had it wrong. I, I like what, what exactly is the idea of the skating rink and, and how is that going to play out?
2: No, what the skating rink is the, uh, the owner, which is uh, Shane Upshaw. He, um, yeah he just came with, he he came to me for uh for some shirts to get his shirts printed for the for the rink right so yeah he got a pretty good business and what that is 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 black businesses supporting black businesses right um the gentleman who had written the article that's like one of my best friends and he works for the Halifax examiner now right so he saw that I print the shirts and he was like, well let's do a, a interview on you in the business, like where you came from, what you're doing. And the thing about my business, a lot of people Hawaii, a lot of businesses are for black businesses, right? I print for a lot of black companies and stuff like that. But it's not the only, I don't only print for black businesses though. I still print for, you know, the school board and um couple meat shops, there's other um, businesses around that I print for like taverns and stuff like that and other white companies, you know, so it's not just black businesses, but the majority, I would say, would be um, black businesses.
0: And sh- shout out to Matthew. Yeah, we uh, I definitely read this stuff on the Halifax examiner. So the, the skating rink is also a black business owner. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. That... Yeah. His
2: name's Shane Upshaw.
0: Oh, wow. Because yeah, that's that's what I read. And I thought, like, oh, wow, that that is quite interesting. Now, t- tell me about that. Like, from I, I just noticed that there, there is a, 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 a skating rink owned by a black man. Uh, how come that doesn't get a lot put out there, like all of these black things, like all the black support that you're getting, like there's probably counselors, black businesses and other people getting out there like there's a, a good community. Uh, how come that doesn't go out as much as it should be? Because, I, I, again, the reason why I say this and, and I, I will I will put a couple of examples there. Uh, there are a couple of businesses with printing uh, that have come from Nova Scotia. And they get not only a bunch of funding, uh, but they get, you know, reviews and and a whole bunch of stuff. And, you know, when it comes to things like what you're doing or family over fame or things like that, which I also interview him, uh, those things, uh, I barely I have to find out about them. Like, I I literally just find out about people like they're doing these amazing things. And I'm like, let me try to get the story because this is amazing.
2: Um. To tell you the truth, it's, um, I don't really know why people are not, but it's all like marketing and knowing people and networking and getting in front of people.
1: Like right now, like, okay, so for example, with
2: Right now, for, for people to know who I am, it's been Black outlets who have been helping the situation. For example, I did an interview a few months ago, a um, Black History Month, and the guy, uh, Rudy, Rudy is from uh, Toronto. And he saw like one of my shirt designs and he wanted me on his uh, podcast, right? And then there was another black organization, uh, Infinitus, and they were doing spotlights on black businesses for Black History Month. So, you know, another black organization, right? And then once uh, something had happened and then Matthew had hit me up, right? And he was like, well, let's do your interview. Right. So now that's Matthew. That's another black man. Right. So it's. uh, I think it's just and then after, because I could just did these interviews and things like that and just let them go. Right. Just. But people see. The the consistency of it and knowing what I'm doing and want to help and want to support to a certain extent. That that's what I'm thinking. That's how I see. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's not just me. It's it's God, right? God got me, right? Like, He's making it happen, right? So, but having these outlets and people coming in and wanting to share my story and let people know what I'm doing, I think I think is great, right? Especially after like the Black Lives Matter stuff, I feel like people want to help support Black businesses and things like that, right? But for other organizations and them not being put out there like that, um I could I, I couldn't tell you, man, they got, they got to put the work in. <laughs> <got to> <laughs> <out here. laughs> well, well
0: well I think I think one of the reasons that it is is like I, I don't know, I think a lot of people when they see in the States something like BET, they think like, oh, why do the black people have a channel? But the reason is is because they weren't focus in white channels or mainstream media and sometimes sometimes i see that in canada too it's like why don't we have a BET and it's like wait a minute like just because of the fact that uh, indigenous have aptn which is like their own thing and that's where they focus their stories Uh, and they were good enough that they they try to get it out there but other than let's say cbc ctb or global which are the training like Black people in Canada don't get a lot of attention in any type of mainstream media right, because right, 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 right. there's nothing owned by them right that that I think that's one of the main problems. I think the problem is is like if there's no mainstream media that's dedicated to black people or people of color, uh that's what things don't get showcased showcasing us because nobody's thinking about and I, I tell this to people nobody's thinking about. L- Oh, let me help black people. No white person is thinking about that. Maybe some that are related that have some white people like relations. But and that's one. And the other thing is that a black man doesn't look himself as a black man. He just looks himself as a as a regular person. You're like, you're not you're not thinking anything about the color of your skin. You're thinking, how am I going to do my day? Right. But the system where somebody tells you, oh, wait, wait a minute. Uh, that this is you're, you're this you're this category. So that's what we got to put you in here so right. I, I think that's one of the reasons i think it's it's more uh a mainstream communications i think it, if if black more black outlets or more black more black media is is in there in the mainstream i think that would change people like you and other communities about all of the stuff that we're doing in, in my like opinion me. though
2: yeah like and that's what i'm saying like when it comes to like um like all those organizations, who I just mentioned with Rudy and yourself and Matthew and um, Infinitus, all those um, companies, the black companies, sharing our story, right? And that's and doing, but um, but I think it's it's also doing something positive that they want to spot put a spotlight on, right? because it's but there's a lot of it going on now there's a lot of like black businesses who are out there doing good you know like even like my brother he um he had a stroke uh back almost a year ago now but he has uh, a pretty good business going on as well right um he's always out there just you know nose down and grind it out and doing what he gotta do to grow his business right so um yeah, I think if we had more organizations out here to uh, help with us or help put us in the spotlight, then it will work.
0: Yeah, I, I think so. So uh, I got I got two last questions for you before we, we get done because I think uh, I mean I I really think you're you're very interesting to talk to and how how you develop this business by yourself. And and how you did it, it's it's super interesting. But again, we you gotta work tomorrow, so we gotta make sure that you wake up early yeah. and do this stuff. So but my uh the first question that I got for you is uh what is like for you to be black in the Maritimes?
2: Um in the Maritimes for me to be black, um it's 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 hard because it's still stigma, right? Like just being a black person, period, right? So it's just, just I can just focus on me and me being great or being, do as best, much as I can to make myself a better person. Um, but being black in, in the Maritimes, I think probably being black everywhere is probably, unless you're going back to Africa, I think being black is probably the same thing everywhere. You know, we still get, we get the stares from the white people, you know, you walk into the stores, they're following you, they're looking at you, they don't want to att- attend to you right away and things like that, right? You know, it's mm-hmm. that. that's just how it is, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. but it's sad to say that's just how it is, but that's mm-hmm. how it, it shouldn't be. But that's what mm-hmm. we grew up with, right?
0: Yeah, that, that sounds about right, and, and you know everybody's different, but yeah, it, it, some stigmas are, are are still there, especially in in Atlantic Canada. And my last question is, where do you see yourself in the next ten to five years?
2: Ten to five years, I will be.
1: I have. Uh, I'm going to have the biggest closing manufacturing warehouse. In North
2: America. Yeah. That's okay. what, that that's yeah. what we're gonna do. Yeah. I uh I got I got plans, man. I got plans, I got a vision, I got a vision. Yeah, so, so that, that, that's that. That, and being the you know, better father, husband, and best person, like better person, you know, it's uh it's all about self growth, right? And just being a better person and being happy because right now in this world man it's it's hard to be depressed so you know just be happy um just be a lot um try to get a lot more wiser um just grow you know take care of my kids and my family and all that stuff but yeah I have the biggest clothing manufacturer in North America <laughs>
0: nice that uh, can't wait can't wait to see that happen so if people want to find you and you, and your businesses what where do they go to
2: uh you can just go to highpoweredcustoms.com high powered customs anywhere you can just google high powered customs and you can find me instagram facebook um world wide web articles
0: find me <laughs> anywhere yeah. Nice. So Stefan, it was really nice talking to you. Uh, I think I could do this for hours. Uh, uh, keep what you're doing. I mean, I think it's amazing what you're doing. I think it's uh, it's pretty cool that somebody has been grinding so hard to to, to get where he needs to get. And I think like stories like yours are, are uplifting for people to to understand that it's, it's just not uh, one way. Right. We're not all the same uh, because of the color of the skin, but uh, that we're doing we're doing things. We're doing things and we're doing them differently. So
2: Yeah, you gotta, yeah. And um even like with with the screen print and stuff like that, there's not many black people doing it in Nova Scotia. Um, there was one guy, uh, it was a two colored boys, Buzzy Brown, he was doing it up to a couple of years ago, then he stopped probably like maybe three years ago. But he was known around for doing it too, right? But, yeah, he just uh, he just gave it up. He was done. But, yeah, this is all I do, man. I'm trying to better myself every day. And that's the thing with, with, with me is, like, I'm trying to perfect it, right? I'm trying to, like, get better with it constantly. Um, every day I'm learning and reading and listening and just trying to make my product better. I think that's, that's another thing is just, like, like I said, stay consistent and uh be great that's my thing man be great be great if it there's another saying uh if it's easy do it and if it's hard do it hard right so and what's easy anything that you can anything that you can anything you you can do is easy to do if you do it right it may you may not be in the mood to do it you know it may take a little bit longer to do it but if it's easy to do it just do it man yeah,
0: yeah, that, that's right. Just just do it. So yeah. again, man, thank you very much for this. I, I really appreciate everything. And and again, this this platform's open for everything that you need. If you ever need to talk promote anything, just, just let me know. Okay, no, for sure. I
2: appreciate that.
0: Appreciate you. No problem. No, thank you. So, guys, just remember, uh, shout out to everybody that's donating on PayPal. We appreciate those donations. Uh, subscribe on Twitter. Uh, Instagram, Facebook, on social media, podcast, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. Don't forget to rate. And peace out. Peace.